Amen. Okay. So uh, Genesis 12, we ended with the scattering of Babel, and Abraham and his family had settled in Ur of the Chaldeans. And uh, Genesis 12 uh, begins to describe the time of the patriarchs. Now, uh, from chapters 12 to 50 is where we're going to study the lives of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And uh, there's some there's some more uh, characters spread out through uh, Genesis, but the the overall theme is to focus on how the Lord worked in these three those three men. And what we'll see here in uh, Abraham's life is we're going to cover that from chapters 12 to 25. And uh, so we have a lot a lot to cover uh, with him uh, that he's he's there and and uh, eventually it'll shift in 22. Isaac will be introduced, and then in 25, uh, you'll, we'll see Jacob uh, coming into the scene too. So there's a lot going on here. And uh, as we study, we're just going to see not the, the might, and we will see times of, of, of great faith from Abraham and great victories, but we're also going to study and see some pretty big failures in, in Abraham's life. These things aren't recorded to show us how great this man is. It's to show us how great our God is. So as we're going through these and we're looking and we're studying this, it's important to understand that this focus is on who the Lord is and that Abraham's response to the Lord in faith should be an example to us as we study his life. So uh, we'll read the first four, four verses, and then we'll uh, look into Abraham's life a little bit. Uh, Abram, Abram, at this point, the Lord changes his name uh, in Genesis 17, but uh, as of right now, it's Abram. So Genesis 12, verses 1 through 4. Now the Lord said to Abram, Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in your name the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. Abraham was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. So uh, understanding Abram. So this character, we, we looked a little bit into him. I, I, I know you guys here. I know you're familiar with who Abraham is. But uh, we're, we're going to go back and we're going to study this uh, through uh, as, as we go through the scripture. Just to, We don't want to skip over anything. So Abra, Abram's name means exalted father. And God changes his name, as I said in Genesis 17, uh, to Abraham. And uh, we'll, we'll look into that just a little bit further as we go here. But uh, it's, it's, he makes him into a father of many nations. Gen Genesis 17.5 says, No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. So the Lord said, uh, I have made. So before it happened in Abraham's life, God said that I have made you a uh, father of many nations. So as we get into that and we get closer to, uh, uh, as we get into Genesis 17, uh, we're going to study that a little bit further, but understanding who the Lord is, that he's eternal and that he sees the past, present, and future. And uh, the, when the Lord says, I have made you, uh, that's an interesting uh, take on, as we, as we read this, to understand that God's ways are higher than our ways, his thoughts than our thoughts. Just understand that God, God isn't finite like we are. He's, a, he's an infinite being, infinite God. 
and uh, he's he's uh, he he knows what's going on. Uh, like I said, past, present, and future. So, you know, as as we go through and we look at some of these promises that are uh, said to Abraham here, even in these verses and in in, Ch in Genesis twelve, it's important to understand that. Uh, we're not necessarily always called to understand what the Lord says to us, but we're called to believe what he says to us. Uh, that, that uh, you know, for us to move forward, uh, just even uh, in discussion, even, even today that I've had with a brother, you know, sometimes there are things that we just don't understand that we have to just bring to the Lord and say, I don't understand this, and, and ask the Lord to minister. And um, I think I've shared this, but, but uh, Chuck Smith had, had shared this, and Jen was blessed when she had heard it when she was studying for the women's study. And she said that Chuck was having trouble understanding something and, uh, you know, threw his books down and the Lord, I don't understand it. And the Lord clearly spoke to him right then. He says, I didn't call you to understand that. I called you to believe it. And, uh, if we can, if we can understand that in our lives, we're not going to understand, uh, every single thing that the scripture has to say. There's some hard things to understand in there. The Lord will uh, minister to us, but there are things that are sometimes beyond our ways, our, our ways and our thoughts that we, we're not going to be able to understand fully. Um, not that we should give up and go, well, can't understand it. Why should I even study it? And that's not the case at all. But just understanding that that the Lord is greater than we are and uh, that that his ways are higher than our ways. So as we look at Abraham's life, and, and we're going to get into this a little bit more, it's, it's important to understand the faith that is uh, is being demonstrated and God's power that's being demonstrated. So uh, what we'll learn here is that Abraham believed the word of God and it was counted to him for righteousness. And there's more to come on that. But as we look at Abraham as a, as a human being, as a man, uh, we need to understand these things about him. Comes from the lineage of Shem, uh, which we can see listed uh, in here, and we can also see in the New Testament in Luke 3, as we've discussed before. He's the son of Terah, and the Bible contains a lot of historical data and, and lineages that as we go through, we might go, why am I looking at so-and-so begot so-and-so and begot so-and-so? And it's it, Those things are important to human history, but the Bible wasn't written uh, to be solely a historical book. The Bible was written to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's why we have it. So these things, when they're in there, and we're questioning why would that be in here, it's because God wanted it in there, To whether it's going to be um, something that's going to be a commentary on something we're going to read later, or uh, just to give us a greater understanding. But sometimes even reading a lineage, uh, we can we can just kind of look over, just read over it and forget the fact that God, it's in there for a reason. God put it in there. So it's it's important for us as we read through this to understand that. As I said, Abraham's life is covered in chapters 12. Uh, and he uh, will see the end of his life in, in 25. And he's a very important figure in the Jewish and Christian faith. He's also a very important figure in the Muslim faith. And uh, we will see as we move along, uh, they they follow uh, the Muslims. I came from uh, Ishmael, and I uh, will understand a little bit more of Ishmael later. But uh, from Hagar, uh, Sarai's wife, uh, Sarai's, Sarai's handmaid, uh, that uh, Abraham makes a, a big mistake with, and uh, following the voice of his wife rather than uh, trusting in the Lord. So, like I said, there's much more on that. Uh, in the differences uh, in the Jewish faith, the Christian faith, and the the, um, uh, the Muslim faith all come with uh, who Jesus Christ is, and understanding that uh, when when we look at the scriptures, we follow 
we follow the God of the Bible, and we understand that Jesus uh, was Jewish, and uh, that we can follow him all the way through, uh, that He's uh, he comes from the promised son Isaac. So we're going to get into that uh, later on. So uh, as I said, we're going to cover some great victories, and we're going to see some things that probably we wouldn't appreciate uh, being shared about our lives, but it's here for us uh, to learn from and to grow and explains a lot. Now, Romans 4 tells us that that uh, that he is a father, Abram is a father of our faith, Abraham. And Romans was written to a church in Rome. It wasn't written to a Jewish audience. So I'm sure there were Jews there and everything, but it wasn't like it was written to uh, to Jerusalem. You know, these were these were Christians that were in Rome. And, uh, you know, the, the Jews were already uh, children of Abraham by blood. Important to understand that we're not called uh, to have a relationship with God uh, based on how who we were born to. You know that the the old saying of God doesn't have any grandchildren. You know that each one of us has to have our own relationship with the Lord is very important. So, but believers in God, Jew and Gentile, are children of Abraham by faith. Genesis fifteen six says, and he believed in the Lord, and he accounted him it to him for righteousness. Romans 4, 5 says, but to him uh, who does not work, but believes on him who justifies the godly, his faith is counted, accounted for righteousness. So Abraham's faith was accounted for righteousness, and so is ours, as it says in Romans 4, 5. Romans 4, 22 says, and therefore it was accounted to him for righteousness, where he's going back. So he's saying, uh, it, it says this uh, in uh, Genesis 15 about Abraham. It says this in Romans 4 about us, and then it goes back to Abraham. So just understanding that he's, he's, uh, we, you know, we are called to be children of Abraham and the faith of Abraham. Uh, we're children of God, but we still he's the, he's the father of our faith in believing in what God says. Hebrews 11 verses 8 through 12 says, By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he dwelt in the land of promise, as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, their heirs uh, with him, of the same promise. For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. By faith, Sarah herself also received strength and conceived seed, to conceive seed. And she bore a child when she was uh, past the age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man and uh, him as good as dead were uh, born as many as the stars of the sky in multitude, innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. So looking into Abram, and Abraham's life. I'm going to call him Abraham, okay? Uh, we'll, when we go back to it, we'll study. It's very hard for me to kind of go back, but we look at Abraham's faith. He He's a, a man that had a faith in God and followed God. It wasn't that he was a super special person. He was somebody who believed in God and followed God. Uh, he's not perfect. He makes mistakes, but uh, we can learn from him and how God used him and, and spoke to him and uh, not only blessed him, but blessed others and blessed us through him. Right, right. You were about to say it too, weren't you? Mm-hmm. So Abraham's name was changed and very honored in Jewish history 
uh, if you remember the Lord correcting the Jewish uh, religious leaders when, uh, you know, he, he tells them, you know, that, you know, they can claim all they want that Abraham is their father. And he says, it's, it, he's telling them it's not about your bloodline. He says, God is able to raise up children uh, from the, of Abraham from these stones. So don't even, basically don't even go there. You know, just, just because you were born and you have Jewish blood, that doesn't, that doesn't matter. It's, it was the faith of Abraham that mattered. So we see here, as we're just about to start, that God called him out of Ur of the Chaldeans. And we understand, and we studied it briefly last week in, in Joshua 24, that he's called out of an idolatrous land. And, uh, and, and, prom and he was promised by God, something by God that he didn't, uh, he didn't deserve. So Joshua 24, verse 2 says, And Joshua said to all the people, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, your fathers, including Terah, the father of Abraham, and the father of Naor, dwelt on the other side of the river in old times, and they served other gods. So what we see in Abraham is he's living in Ur of the Chaldeans, and it says here that he his, and his father uh, were idolaters, but called out of that by the God of the Bible, by our God, Yahweh, uh, when you look in the scripture, and it's L-O-R-D, all capitals, that's uh, speaking of the Lord God. Verse 1. Now the Lord had said to Abram, Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house. Now being called from a family, uh, family and a house was a big financial commitment in that day. It wasn't, it wasn't like, hey, you know, mom, dad, hey, I'm going to leave and I'm going to go just start everything. They, it wasn't like they had a 401k back then. They didn't have any retirement set. Uh, they didn't have anything where they can just go, okay, hey, I'm just going to sit off on the side. Everything that they had had to do with livestock. It had to do with land that they owed, uh, that they owned. Um, it could have been farming, uh, farming, you know, agricultural. It could have been any, any of those things. But God is called it, calling him to leave his family, to get out of his country specifically. You know, that, that's, that's quite, a, quite a trip there. So, you know, the, the family would provide for each other. They would take care of each other. And, and the, when the Lord is calling him, you know, this was a serious calling for him. He's being called, and what we see here is that he doesn't even know where he's going to go yet. And, uh, but he's just being called that, uh, to, just to follow the Lord, get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house. It's time to leave. You know, you, you've been here and uh, no doubt probably comfortable, happy to be near, you know, his family and everything. We don't have anything that, that shows us that he didn't like being there or anything. But the Lord uh, meets him and, and, and speaks to him. And uh, as, he's, as he's hearing from the Lord, he's being called to leave everything behind. He's got to leave, you know, everything that he knows and all the, all the people that he loves. It's time to pack up and it's quite a, quite a long journey that he's going to go on. So uh, we discussed it last week. You know, there was no FaceTime. It wasn't like, hey, don't worry about it. We'll call. We'll keep in touch. I mean, they didn't have the post office saying, hey, you know, we'll get that there in two days. It's, you know, you're writing letters or whatever it is. You know, news traveled slow and uh, not much for communication. And uh, so this type of move was very much a I'm, I'm going to fall, put my head on your shoulder. And I may never see you again. That type of move. And uh, so the Lord called him to. The second half of verse one says, "To a land I will show you." So he's called to leave everything behind, and 
you know, comfort, security, and to follow the Lord where he's going to lead. He's called to go, not knowing exactly where he was supposed to go, but he knew that he had to. And uh, Abram uh, was uh, being called uh, to trust and obey. I've, I know I've mentioned it here before, but that old hymn, Trust and Obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus than to trust and obey. You know, when, when just, just to think of the meat in that song, and as you read through the scripture, and if we look at our lives and our circumstances, and that song just singing to us, trust and obey, trust and obey. You know, Abraham had to do that. And he didn't know where he was going. You know, God spoke to him and told him he'd bless him and use him mightily, as we'll see in verse 2. But right now it just says, "You're gonna, I'm going to take you to a land that I will show you. So he's got to get everybody together and get everything together and pack up, head out, load up the camels, donkeys, whatever, and here we go. We're, we're, we're moving. We don't know where we're going. Reminds me of in the Old Testament that comes later you know, as the Lord is leading uh, Israel with, by a, a, a pillar of fire by night and uh, you know a pillar of smoke by day to cover them, to, to give them the shelter they needed. And that, that as, the, as that moved, Israel would move. When it would stop, Israel would stop. You know, that, that we would walk and we would follow the Lord as he leads us. We may not have those physical things in front of us. You know, the green light, the stoplight, I would love that. I'm very simple-minded and, and uh, I, I can look and, and, and go, you know what, that's what I need. I need this to be simple and easy and I don't want to question whether the Lord's calling me. But the Lord calls us, hey, just follow me. I've led you in this direction you don't have to know everything, but I want you to trust me and to follow me. And that's what Abram does. Verse 2, the Lord continuing to speak, he says, And I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. At this point, Abraham, as we just read, uh, uh, is 75 years old. So for him to hear, I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great. You shall be a blessing. So God is going to bless him, and he will be a blesser So and use him. So that's an interesting thing that as we read and we continue to understand that's how God works. When God blesses us, we shouldn't just store it all up and enjoy it ourselves. We should be blessing others. So uh, you know, when, when God says that, I'll make you a great nation, I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. That what, what God blesses us with, that we would bless others with. And that gives us an opportunity to share the gospel. Remember uh, in, in chapter 11, uh, verse 30, uh, it tells us that Sarai, his wife, uh, was barren. She had no child. So when Abram hears this, that I'm supposed to pick up and go to a land where I don't know where I'm going, and God is going to bless me and make my name great, he's going to make... I, I, out of me, a great nation. I'm 75 years old. We see that you know his, his wife is younger than him, and <clears throat> got to be some questions there. You know, she's barren; she's not able to have children. We don't see see the the questions. Yeah, we'll see questions as we go. We'll see things happen and everything. But as as of right now, we see the Lord just making a promise. And we see Abram obeying the Lord and following. Joshua 24.3, we looked at verse uh, 24.2, 24.3 uh, says, Then I took, this is the Lord still speaking, Then I took your father Abraham from the other side of the river 
led him throughout the land of Canaan and multiplied his descendants and gave him Isaac. So when the Lord is speaking in Joshua 24, we can see the other side of this. Abram didn't have that opportunity to see the other side of it. He was just called to hear the word of the Lord and believe it and follow God. What we see in 24 is that God is saying, hey, I made this promise to Abraham and I fulfilled that promise. We will never see the Lord make a promise and not fulfill it. We're never going to see that. I wish that could be said of us that, you know, when we've made a promise, Lord, I swear I will never. Yeah. And the next day, nosedive, you know, hopefully not. Hopefully we're you know in, in our life that we're we're growing and in our, our our in our faith and that we're getting stronger. Yes, we're gonna have times where we struggle and then you know we just have to trust the Lord. And maybe maybe those times uh, are going to be used to uh, to sh- they are going to be used to sharpen us. You know, when we look at things like First Peter uh, and we look into James one and understand that the the trials in our lives. Uh, that the Lord puts us through, we can put ourselves through trials. You know, we can say, you know, it's self-inflicted trials, and uh, that we've got to learn. We've got scars. You know, things that 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 come up in our lives. That hey, you know what? That permanent scar is always going to be there. But I don't. That that's not a representation of where I'm going. It's just reminding me of where I came from. Right? The scriptures say that God pulls out of the miry clay and sets our feet on the rock. You know, those old scars. The scars might remain there, but. Uh, that's just a testimony for us. It's part. It's it's part of us being able to tell our story. You know, when we can look at those and go, yeah, yeah, this is this is the old me. You, know, you see this, you see that. You know, in our heart, you know, it just inwardly, the you know, I struggled with this or that. Um, it could be anything. It could it could have been um, eating disorders. It could have been whatever you can think of. And when we can see that somebody is struggling or somebody wants us to tell their story, tell our story, we can say, yeah, I've got some scars in my life. Those scars don't show, they don't tell my whole story, but they tell the old story until I met Jesus. And then Jesus changed my life. So as we're going through here, we understand that God is faithful, you know, that whatever promise he makes, he is faithful to complete those things. God said that he will bless you. He said, I will bless you. And uh, he also said that he would use him to bless others and that he would be a blessing. So uh, just understanding uh, verses one and two, I know I've broken them up a little bit, but uh, it's important for us to understand what the Lord is saying to him. Verse three, and I will bless those who bless you and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. That's a comfort. Now, understanding he's talking to Abram, who is uh, the patriarch of Israel. So uh, you have Abram, Isaac, Jacob. And uh, those, those three the Lord used to establish Israel. And to understand that nations in the scriptures that, that uh, blessed Israel were blessed, and those that cursed Israel were cursed. Why? There's no reason to believe that anything's any different now. That those who bless Israel and stand by Israel, I believe that, uh, you know, I've heard pastors say, actually I heard uh, Ken Graves listening to him uh, today about this. And he was saying much of, of what America has experienced for blessings, he believes, is because of our stance in supporting Israel. 
uh, and uh, may we never be a, a, a nation that, that curses Israel and turns our back. I've, I've seen and, and heard some alarming things, uh, and uh, I don't, you know, I hope that's that's not anytime soon. I don't, I don't want uh, to be a part of our nation uh, experiencing the curses of the Lord. But we're we're already seeing some of them. You know, you just you look at the, where this nation is, and and that we have turned our backs on the Lord, and look at the result. There's just utter chaos everywhere. You can't even go to a shopping market without wondering if you're going to get shot. What is going on here? You know, what happened to Walmart today? Yeah, going to there's all kinds. There's mur murders on colleges, college campuses, and high schools everywhere. This this nation is in in. It, it, anybody who tells you any differently that, that other than this nation being in, in utter chaos and peril uh, is blind. This this place is in rough shape. May we not turn our back on Israel. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Not knowing exactly where he's being taken, Abraham, Abram uh, can rest in God's protection. Understanding that anybody who blesses him, God is going to bless him. And anybody that curses him, God is going to curse them. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I always felt a little bit more... Um, a little bit more safe, and I was a little guy um, until I was five foot three, uh, ninety-eight pounds my freshman year, and uh, just a little thing. I wrestled one hundred and three pounds my my freshman year, and uh, between my freshman and sophomore year, I grew to like I don't know five 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 six. So I got a little bit you know more uh, you know so I you know it wasn't quite the ankle biter I was the year before you know, but I remember being on a wrestling trip. And uh, I was heading up to Fort Kent, and we were at actually Ellsworth High School was with us. I think it might have been um, um, might have been like Mount View from Thorndike, and they were on the bus. There was three of us, and we all took the bus up, and we all slept on the mats at Fort Kent High School. It was one of the coolest memories of my of my you know high school time. It wasn't a comfortable night, but it was kind of cool, you know. And we always had a special relationship with the Fort Kent uh, kids and everything. But on that bus ride, I had this kid who was a heavyweight in the back. And he kept calling. He's like, "Hey, half pint," you know. And I'm sitting there and I'm talking with him. And he's 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 not like he's not the bully he thinks he is, and I know it, and he knows it. So I mouth right it back to him, you know, being 98 pounds, I wasn't taking it. And he's like, "No, you're not even a half pint. You're a quarter pint," you know. And I'm and I'm basically giving it right back to him, like, "Why don't you eat another sandwich?" You know, we're explaining exchanging pleasantries. We didn't hate each other, but but we, you know. But I knew, I knew I had my wrestling team on my, you know, behind me. You know what I mean? I knew I was okay. You know, we had some big boys, and you know, I'm the littlest of them. And uh, I, uh, you know, I always when I, I was, I remember going into junior high. I uh, uh, at Bucksport, we had seventh and eighth grade was junior high, and sixth grade was still in the elementary school. And so when I got to seventh grade, I had my older brother there. He's a, he was a, you know, one of the guys, kind of a. Uh, you know, everybody knew him as a bad dude. You don't me you don't mess with my my brother. And uh, I got to seventh grade, still a little guy. You know, I I felt you know felt like I was a little bigger for my britches. You know, uh, the the confidence I had knowing that somebody stronger was behind me. You know, you think of Abram. So as foolish as that is, but just understanding that Abram 
if he truly understands who God is. And when God says, I'm for you and I'm going to bless you, if anybody curses, blesses you, I'm going to bless them. If they curse you, I'm going to curse you. There's nothing he has to fear. You know, the Lord has called him. There's, there's nothing he needs to be afraid of. Unfortunately, we'll read by the end of this chapter, he forgets that, but it is there. Like I said, we'll see, we'll see a little bit of this from Abram's life as we go through. In the end of verse 3, it says, In you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Now, I guess, I guess for me, I've, I've had this conversation um, uh, with uh, Dave, Dave Lehman. Uh, he and his family attended uh, up in Orrington. And uh, Mike Archer, uh, and he and his wife uh, attended. Mike's a, a pastor up there, and he runs the the uh, radio station up there. I've known these guys my whole life; they're my best friends. And I uh, I just I remember the conversations when we were new Christians, and even even years later, we're just like I just I even if somebody's hovering over me when I get to heaven, and they go safe like that, like it was a play at the plate. You know what I mean? It, it was it was that. Now that I know how, how silly that is in a theology, just understand you're either saved or you're not. You know, it's not going to be like I don't know. You know, it's just it's one of those. We have a you know relationship with God, and we're saved by Jesus's grace uh, through faith, or or we don't. You know, but it's just that. You know what? Even if it had to come to that, as long as I can slide under the tag and I'm I'm safe, I'm good. It it was that type of that thing, but. That if we would just hear, hey, you're, you're going to make it to heaven. Yes. You know what? That's that's the best news we can ever hear. But to know that not only that, but the Lord says, I'm going to use you to not only bless your family, not only bless those around you, but to bless families all around, all over the earth through you. If that's not humbling, I don't know what would be. Because Abram knew his faults, just like we know our own faults. And understanding that... The Lord doesn't look at us and go, oh, he's not perfect, not going to use him. No, sorry, can't, can't use you, you're not perfect. We should be seeking the Lord. We shouldn't settle uh, for an, an unfaithfulness in our relationship with the Lord. We shouldn't be okay with being stagnant, but understanding if we're willing vessels and we trust in the Lord and we walk with him, He's not only going to bless us, he's going to bless everybody around us. And we don't know where that ministry is going to go. He might take us and send us to... I mean, we've got people uh, in Calvary, Orrington that are heading back to Kenya, heading over there to minister. You know, I, I, I bet when they became Christians, they had no idea that was going to happen. Josh and Kelsey, we've been praying for them for years. We've had their, their stuff up there. They're packing up. They're getting ready to go. And if you understood the provision of the Lord, what God has done to provide for them, I hope that they'll come here uh, before they go. But what an amazing story. Just understanding that the Lord is not only blessing them and using them and sending them back, but God has has made ties with them uh, to Franklin Graham, Samaritan's Purse, and uh, and their ministries. Actually, sitting in a meeting with Franklin Graham and his board of directors or whoever it was, I want him to come down and explain it because I'm going to butcher it, and I don't want to spoil anything. But uh, maybe if I can, if I I don't I really know Josh. I think I might have met him once. But I'm so blessed to understand that this is uh, Josh and Kelsey just stepping out in faith and following the Lord. Uh, some of the stories that I've heard that they were there and while they're sleeping in their home, attacked and left with death threats. And they've got little kids there. I'll be honest with you. At that point, I'm probably going, 
thanks for the warning. Kids, let's go. And, and heading home. He knew he was called there. They knew that. They rested in it. They trusted in the Lord. And they continued to minister. I don't know all the details of the story. So if I can get Josh to come down here, I'm sure that he can fill. And I hope I'm not misrepresenting uh, them. But I think all that that is... Um, it's it's true and 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 uh, I hope I'm not letting the cat out of the bag with anything. Sorry, Josh, if I did. Uh, regarding you know how the Lord is is blessing them and using them. If if uh, if I did, I'll have to apologize to him. But uh, in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Blessed. So uh, Abram didn't start off uh, with. Uh, uh, what's great here is is there wasn't like this self promotion. It wasn't like he went to Sam's Club or went to the bookstore and got a you know a, a obtaining greatness for dummies book. You know it, it wasn't one of those. So you remember all those books, the big yellow things, and it was like anything for dummies. I don't even know if they still make them anymore. They do, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's irritating. She says. So just it, it wasn't that he had a self-promotion program. You know, he obeyed the Lord and trusted in him, and that's how God used him. And we can see uh, we'll do uh, an in-depth study of his life and how God used him in his life, lifetime, I should say. You know, God pronounced that he would use Abraham, Abram, Abraham. Uh, so if I say Abraham, just go with me, uh, uh, to bless the whole earth. And he says, I'm going to make you a great nation. And he's telling him, I'm going to use you to, to change and bless the world. And we know now, looking at it, the Savior of the world would come from his lineage. That's, just, that's amazing. That's the best news anybody could ever hear. Not only, you know, for us, we just, you know, save and we can come here and sing these songs and, and praise the Lord and, and, and be together uh, in our fellowship uh, in this little town here. Uh, but just to understand that. We don't know what God's going to do. We don't know how he's going to use it. We don't know when, as we follow him, he might take us to a supermarket. We have a conversation with somebody. It might be a conversation with our neighbor. It might be somebody that we meet downtown as uh, you know, someone like Oliver's down there ministry. We have no idea. Our job is to be a faithful witness wherever we are, and God's going to do the work. Just understanding that. It's not based on who we are. Like I, I don't have enough skill. No, that's exactly what God wants. He doesn't want us to walk for walk to Him like, "Here I am, Lord, the one you've been waiting for." March up and you know, big grin on our face, like, "I know you've been waiting. I'm ready. Let's go. Let's go conquer the world." No, no, God's going to take that tool and go. You got some stuff to learn still. <laughs> it's that one. I have nothing. Perfect. Perfect. We, how many examples did we see that? With Gideon. I know we talked about Gideon recently. No, you got too many people. Too many people. No, bring it down all the way from, I think it was like 30,000, all the way to 300. I can't remember. I think it was 30,000 to 300. That's a lot of people. All the way down to 300. God doesn't need us. Verse 4, so Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. So Abram uh, departed as the Lord had spoken to him. This is always the right answer in our lives. When God calls us to do it, to do it. He was called to depart, and he did. It's always 100% the best thing for us to, uh, and the right thing to do to answer God's call in our lives. To, to, for us to say, ah, I just don't know. It's, it will always 
if God has called us and we know he's called us, it will always 100% of the time be the right thing to do. God's not calling us to, to just flatten us and go, ha ha. Yeah. yeah you trusted in me that quick. That's a, that's, that's not our God. That's not our God at all. Always. If the Lord has made it clear what we should do, we need to be obedient. Uh, even, and especially when we don't know what's going to happen. Remember, God said, to, I'll take you to a land that I will show you. You know, not, it wasn't like, hey, you're going to go in this direction. And you're going to go here and we're going to do this. It was, no, pack everybody up, follow me, and I'll show you where you're going. This was a step in faith. This was a massive, uh, this, this required a massive amount of faith and obedience and just trust in the Lord. What's that? Right. <laughs> Which way? I don't know. Yep. And he didn't know. He's just ready to pack up. So we see Lot is mentioned here. Lot's his nephew, and he went with him. And there's a lot more about, lot more about Lot. Uh, no pun intended there. But uh, uh, you know, as we progress through, and uh, I'll 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 encourage you to read read ahead, uh, so that you're prepared when we come next time. Then Abram, verse five. Then Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions, and uh, that they had gathered. And the people whom they'd acquired in Haran's servants, and they departed to go to the land of Canaan. Uh, so they came to the land of Canaan. Abram, uh, sorry. So they came to the land of uh, Canaan. Abram passed through the land uh, to the place of Shechem. So we're already looking at modern day Israel. When you can look at these, and um, and as far as the terebinth tree. Of Morah, and the Canaanites were in the land. So Abraham did as he was told. He went from Ur of the Chaldeans. He went northwest to Haran, uh, 600 miles uh, around the Arabian Desert. Uh, then uh, to Canaan, another 400 miles uh, southwest uh, to Haran. So he had a long, long way to go. And as he did, he was leading his family as he should. And uh, they saw him responding in faith to God's word. It's important to understand that the scripture mentions that Lot went with him, his wife went with him, and every all the people that he had, and he's leading them. And uh, that as he did this, he's leading his family as he should in following the Lord. So God spoke to him. He's believed the word of God, and he's following the word of God, and he's being obedient uh, to what he's been called to do. And that's an important thing for us. And, and uh, just to understand that as parents, understand all of us, any of us that have, have kids, our kids are watching. They are watching. Whether they say it, whether they don't, they are watching us. They are studying us. You don't believe me. I know you guys do. But uh, there are these, uh, those times where you're going, where, where did they get that? Where? You know what's going. Look, look at how that how that kid just responded to whatever happened, and it's exactly how you do. Whoa, <laughs> that's a scary thing. Uh, a casting crown song about that, and uh, and it's it's I, I'm gonna I've even forgot about it, but yeah, look it up. Um, do do Google search, and and they're watching. Are right, if you're a parent, your children are watching. There, if you're a Christian, everybody's watching. And if we're if, if everybody knows we're a Christian, everybody's watching. Some are watching to see if we're legit. Some are watching, going, 
what are they what, what do they got going on? I gotta learn from them. Like maybe I can have what they have. Some might have the the hope that we're gonna fail, we're gonna fall. You know, finding fault in us. I don't you know, they I can't I can't tell you what everybody has, but they're they're watching. Now it's important to understand that uh, Sarah, Sarai, is following her husband. So anybody who is a husband here, our wives go where we lead them. It's our responsibility to lead our wives as we should. We are called to be, you know, for, for us men in here, the responsibility is on us. What, are, what do our families see? What are they seeing in us? Are they seeing obedience to the scripture? Are they seeing us following the Lord in faith, serving faithfully, attending church, praying, reading, singing, whatever those things are? Hopefully, yes, to, to us that are here, especially on a Wednesday night. But not exclusively. Or are we following our flesh? Do they see us in a... In a um, are they seeing hypocrisy in us? Are they seeing that we're one person here and we're another person there? I, it's just, as we look here, we understand that as Abraham's leading his family, he's leading everybody there. And they're all, they're all going as Abraham's leading and Abraham's following the lead of the Lord. You know, does our family see another side of us with a potty mouth? Being dishonest, being selfish. Having a, a, a temper, you know, a rebellion to the word. What's that going to result in? Rebellious children. Children are going to see us rebelling and they're going to see an insincerity in our faith. Not that we're perfect, guys. Don't get me wrong. We all have those times. And there are plenty of times that, uh, as especially as a dad, when I've got three kids and we're trying to get somewhere and, and or, or we're trying to do something or whatever and this kid's not listening everything and I just we're in the grocery store and that kid's getting a butt beaten and I'm going to drag them out in the car and I'm going to spank their butt that's the right thing to do but before that happens I might I might yell at them in the store I might this or that and like okay but what are our kids seeing are they seeing us following the Lord now I'm not trying to paint a picture of the perfect Christian I think that's we, we'd all we all want to be like our Savior. We all want to be changed and, and built up, and that's what he's doing. He's changing us. It's a, it's a slow process. It's a constant process, and he's constantly you know, just just moving and, and maturing us as, as we go through our walk with him. But just to understand that we can't settle for being a, like half and half. We have to understand that God has called us to lead, all of us, whether we're mother or father, we're an aunt an uncle, you know, we, we are called to some sort of leadership in our life. All of us. There's, there's always something that we can show as an act of leadership, wherever we're at, especially as a Christian. What are people seeing in us? When we say we are Christians, little Christ is what that means. If we are Christ followers, um, ones that are walking after him, do we reflect our savior or we reflect just dragging the flesh and you know everywhere and a little bit of oh oh yeah the bright people are here praise God hey have a good day you know barking over here you know it's just that understanding that Abram has heard from the Lord he gathers everybody up he's following the Lord and his family is faithfully walking with him 
following his lead. It's important for us to understand we are all called, called to some sort of level of leadership. We all are. So just understanding that. So they came to the land of Canaan. Now we, uh, who anybody who's uh, read the read the scriptures and, and has an understanding, there's a lot that happens in the land of Canaan. We've got a lot of covering to do here, but we, it's the promised land. You know, it's the land that, that God gave to Israel, and even today we know that it's their right to have it. God gave it to them. That's contested all by the, by all the nations around them and pre pressure from nations that aren't immediately surrounding them, but that's Israel's land. And it was given to them. So as we progress through, we understand how important it is, uh, uh, how important the land of Canaan is. Uh, it's going to help us to have a, a big understanding of what's happening even right now. Verse 7. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your descendants I will give this land. And there he built an altar to the Lord and appeared, uh, who had appeared to him. So verse 7, so when we saw in verse 1, the Lord spoke to Abram. Now in verse 7, we see that he's, he's visiting. He appeared to Abram and said this. He says, to your descendants, I will give this land. And there he built an altar uh, to the Lord who had appeared to him. So the Lord uh, is, is now uh, uh, appeared to him and, and uh, Abram's response was worship. And we're going to see he builds another altar later on. He's a man of worship. He has met the Lord and he's following the Lord. So God starts laying out more of his plan to Abram. And sometimes he'll do that with us. We just need to trust him and move forward as he leads. And you know, this chapter begins um, the, the purpose of uh, really the entire Bible. What what the what the the salvation message that even started way back in Genesis three, uh, where we can we can see that the Lord spoke and said that that a seed was going to come and that that seed uh, would crush the head of the serpent, and uh, when we understand uh, these monumental parts of Scripture, when we get there, you know, this statement here to your descendants I will give this land. Uh, as as that we understand, this is this is where it all gets put into motion. You know, they've been called out of Ur of the Chaldeans, and they've made the long trip, and, and the Lord is speaking to them. This is where it's all. This is the birthplace of, of everything that's going to happen. So he's introducing Canaan, and and that the Lord would bless all the nations uh, through Abraham, through uh, this uh, this place. And Abram's response to God was worshiping him and building building an altar. We see. Verse 8, and he moved from there to the mountain east of Bethel, and he pitched his tent uh, with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. So once again, building an altar. So Abram journeyed, going on still uh, toward the south. Now there was famine in the land, and Abram went down to Egypt to dwell there, for the famine was severe in the land. So they were camped between Bethel and Ai, and there's some historical significance there that we'll also be covering uh, as, we, as we move forward in the scriptures. But he built an altar and called on the name of the Lord again. So that what we see here is he's maintaining uh, a, a, a life of worship uh, in his life, and we need to do the same. 
You know, that, that as we're moving forward in our lives day by day, that we're just not, it's not about just getting saved, uh, praying a prayer and then uh, just moving on without worshiping, without getting set, uh, settled in our faith and then, you know, building on that foundation. You know, the, 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 unfortunately we have uh, a lot of church, what I'll call church with quotation marks, um, there are a lot of churches in this, even in this country, that uh, I, their real goal is, you know, when when you look at it, when you step back, what we'll often see is financial. And there, there's a financial goal of we're going to just keep bringing people in. We're going to make this, you know, the best church ever. We're going to have the best. We're going to have the best. We're going to have the best. But we're not really going to tell somebody that they need to confess their sin and forsake it and that they need to grow in their faith and walk with the Lord. It's just, hey, you know what? All you got to do, what's that? <laughs> yeah, instead of instead of just uh, that that uh, well, you know what? That's it, it. We need to be in the Word. We need to be in the Scriptures, and we need to be preaching um, from here and to each other that we need to be growing. That there, there, the growth has to happen. Has to happen. There has to be continual worship, continual, uh, you know, continuing steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Right? It says in Acts chapter two, continuing. It's not about just hey, made I may, you know we made the, uh, the the confession of faith and the profession of faith, and now we're uh, now we're Christians, and we're not going to do anything with it. And I'm going to go back to my old life. I've said the prayer, and now I know I'm going to heaven. You live your life under a question mark or an exclamation point. I'll leave that up to you. You know, that, that type of thing. Uh, that's uh, nothing I want to do. It's important to maintain our, our worship of the Lord, that personal relationship with the Lord. You know, a lifetime of serving uh, the one who is worthy. You know, we benefit in this life when we're walking with the Lord and in the next. And we're... And we can tie this back to Abraham. As we're following the Lord, we're blessed. And then we're not only blessing others maybe with what God has given us, but we're also a blessing to others, right? Because we're called to be salt and light. And if we're obeying the Lord and we're representing him as we should, we are a preservative. We are a light in a dark world. And we should be a blessing to those around us. So if we're walking as we should and worshiping the Lord, uh, we're going to be a blessing. So Abraham was, was, you know, God said, I'm going to bless you and I'm going to bless others through you. It's the same with us. As long as we're following the Lord, he's going to bless us and he's going to use us. So what we've just read in here also explains that there's a fam famine. Now, God led them where there's going to be a famine. It's, it's right here. So this is another example of things not being perfect. Uh, as we follow God, we can't expect, oh, I'm following God. Everything's going to be great. Never going to have a hard day. Never going to have this, these things. No, those are things that, that, that will help our faith to grow. And that's how we, uh, our character grows. And uh, that's how we're going to have a better understanding of, of him. Remember John 6, the disciples were obeying Jesus. And they found themselves in the middle of the Sea of Galilee, uh, just struggling, just trying to keep things going. And uh, Jesus sees them in the major storm and walks out to them. And they have the great lesson there of just just trusting in him, you know, just understanding they they had done exactly what Jesus told them to do when they got in that boat and they start going halfway across. And when they get out there, you know, three miles or so or in there and, and they're doing exactly what God said, 
you know, they might have questioned, did Jesus, did he mean for us to leave? Like right then, were we supposed to leave? You know, no, we couldn't have, we're going to die. You know, there could have been all those things that were said. I, we don't know. But uh, just understanding they were doing exactly what they were told to do and they were still in the middle of a storm. So God uses trials to build us and to teach us about him and about ourselves. You know, it's not just about uh, you know going through a trial and going, ah, okay, I learned that about the Lord. It's about our weaknesses and 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 what the Lord has has blessed us with uh, for certain strengths that we have. Our strength is in Him, but maybe maybe something comes out of that trial where we learn, wait a minute, maybe this is how I'm supposed to minister to people, whatever it is. So he, he's uh, obedient, but there's a famine, so they go down to Egypt. Verse eleven. And it came to pass, when he was close to entering Egypt, that he said to Sarai, his wife, Indeed, I know that you are a woman of beautiful countenance. Therefore, it will happen when the Egyptians see you, that they will say, This is his wife, and they will kill me, but they will let you live. Please say you are my sister, that it may be well with me for your sake, that I may live because of you. Sounds like a pretty great, strong perfect man right yeah that's a you know it, it basically taking her and putting him right oh we're about to get into the crosshairs but <laughs> putting her right in front of here protect me that's what he's doing that's a cowardly act that he's doing here remember we're there they're going to be things that abraham does that we're going to be blessed by they're going to be things that he does that we're like yeah you know not so much i bet that's not one that we you know he's all proud that that was up here Understand who Abraham is, though. You know, Jesus Christ is talking about Abraham. You're talking about Hebrews 11 lists Abraham. Abraham's always mentioned uh, in honor in the scripture. Okay, so this is this is a moment that he' not proud of. I'm sure when things get and, and, and you know we see later and even in the next chapter when Lot needs some help, Abram's ready to go. Let's go. They, they grab their farm stuff and they're ready to go to battle. You know, and he steps up. This was a point of failure for him. You know, this is this is a point of weakness for him. And you know what what he says is, uh, you know, okay, they, uh, you're beautiful, and and to understand uh, her beauty, I'll get into it here in a little bit. But um, it it it's basically uh, there's a uh, basically a Jewish legend that says that she the her beauty. In comparison to all the others, the wording was used that they the the most beautiful there looked like monkeys in comparison to her. That's she, they looked like animals. Those pretty girls, like yeah, yeah, you guys just you guys look like a bunch of animals. That woman's gorgeous. It's it's that my it's a Jewish legend. Okay, so you know it's it's um, I can't say it's in scripture, but we do know she was absolutely gorgeous, very very beautiful woman. And because of that, he's afraid that he's going to lose his life, that they're going to kill him. And so he uh, cowardly says, why don't we say that you're my sister? Understand that she was his half-sister, and we'll get into that later. But instead of saying, you know what? The Lord has called us to where we are. The Lord is going to provide for us. God told me that he's going to bless me and that he's going to make me a great nation. And in me, all the nations of the earth, families of the earth are going to be blessed. He forgot that part. And as he's going there, he's like, yeah, well, God must not be here. So you need to protect me now. Throws his wife right in front of him. 
not the best moment for him. So he's forgetting the Lord and God's promise. So he believes in his own paranoia. We've never done that before, have we? We're frightened. We're scared. That's the biggest thing. That's what I'm going to follow me right into embarrassment and all these things. It's not the way to go. He leads his wife into a dangerous plan, and and uh, you know he let her down. He showed her that that he was more important to himself than she was to him. That's a hard one to swallow. Why don't you go in front of me? They won't kill you. They'll kill me. But why don't you go in front of me? Just kind of puts her right in front of him. She was a beautiful woman, and uh, understanding at this time she's 60 years old, right around 60. She died at 127, so she's middle-aged for her in her life. So uh, some say that she might have uh, may have appeared as though she was you know, 30, uh, the middle of her life, 30, 40, whatever it was, but uh, middle-aged. And uh, I already said that, that um, I got ahead of myself here with the Jewish legend that says that she was so beautiful that uh, the others looked like monkeys compared to her. Uh, just, uh, just gorgeous. And uh, Abram knew this, and uh, he thought that he had to tell literally a half-truth, right? It's his half-sister. It's a half-truth um, to, to, to not get killed. So in so doing, uh, she could have been uh, violated sexually. She could have been. She's a married woman. And he just puts it out there like, you know, he, he could could have lost his life for lying to Pharaoh. You know, the Lord, what we're going to see at the end of this, obviously, is that the Lord covers him, that the Lord covers this. God's grace covers this. Genesis 20, verse 12. But indeed, she is, when we say that, that uh, um, this is Abraham speaking, but indeed, she is truly my sister. She is the daughter of my father, but not the daughter of my mother. Uh, and she became my wife. Now, Sarai was... Abraham's half-sister, remember we talked about this before, gene pool hadn't yet been corrupted, and this was prior to the Levitical law that banned such. So verse 14, so it was when Abram came into Egypt that the Egyptians saw the woman, that she was very, uh, very beautiful. The princes of Pharaoh also saw her and commended her to Pharaoh. And the woman was taken to Pharaoh's house. He treated Abram well for her sake. Uh, he, uh, he had sheep, oxen, male, on, uh, male donkeys, uh, male and female servants, female donkeys, and camels. You understand what's happening here? So he goes, why don't you go ahead and go in there? So she has no idea what's going to happen. And uh, she gets put into his harem. And he's out here getting donkeys and servants. And, you know, things are going well for him out here. He's getting all kinds of these things because of her. And, and he's just, you know, because... You know, Pharaoh is saying, well, if I please her brother, maybe we can make this arrangement. Everything's going to go well and everything. Imagine how she felt. She literally got traded for these things. And Abram's still just in, in, in getting these things. You know, they, they move forward, as we just read here, with a, their, his cowardly plan. And the princes of Pharaoh noticed her and commended her to Pharaoh. And she was taken into the house and you know, understanding that only the best would be presented to Pharaoh. It wasn't like, hey, uh, you know, it was it was the drop dead gorgeous, uh, you know, women of women were being presented to Pharaoh, and that's her. And uh, you know, what we see in the end of this is that God protected them both, and you know, it's 
important to understand that this is an account of God's provision and God's protection. It's it, the the focus isn't on necessarily on on Abram only. It's what we see uh, in this, and we see Abram's failure. We see Sarah following the guidance of her husband and being obedient to her husband. Uh, wives, don't obey your husband if he's trying to trade you for livestock. Please call me. <laughs> See, take care of this guy. Total joke. Kind of. Yeah. Anyways, um, but but God protected them. You know, it's it, this isn't what we see in the end of this is Abram, uh, you know, his strength and craftiness was what won. It was God's grace and provision because what we see happened, what changed everything was God's power, not what he did. And, you know, in God's grace and mercy, uh, you know, uh, God covered Abram and, and Sarai uh, despite Abram's disobedience. Abram had completely forgotten that what God said to him, I'm going to make you a great nation. Abram's like, well, if we go here, he's not. You know, we just got to do this. And I've, I've, I've got to, uh, on my own strength, take care of this. You know, don't be led astray uh, to believe uh, that we can do whatever. And, that, you know, God is, uh, because of his promise, um, he's He's now going to, I mean, when we see this, that God did that in, in his life, understanding that that shouldn't be an example for us and say, well, this happened in Abram's life and he was blessed, so I'm going to do it. And God has to li listen to me because he told me this was going to happen. God's not our genie. It's not like, you know, we have to be obedient to him. And it, just understanding, you know, he has called us to be uh, faithful servants. You know, God's plan don't depend on us. Understanding we can be replaced. Ask Saul. Mark, we were talking about Saul earlier, right? Ask Saul. We can be replaced. You know, God. God's plan is is what He wants to do. Saul's, you know, uh, was one of those uh, that you would expect, head and shoulders above everybody, good looking guy, big strong guy. When they were demanding a king, yeah, that's the guy we want him. He's of the you know, tribe of Benjamin, small tribe and his small family and everything. But he's the guy. That's the guy we want. Nobody would have want nobody on the playground. Nobody's picking David. Okay. David's out, he's a shepherd, and, uh, you know, he's out there, and, and even his dad's like, hey, here are all my sons, and Samuel's like, no, it's not this one. Uh, is there, are there any more? Where, where's the last one? Oh, he's out tending sheep. You know, you mean David? You know, I've been like, like, uh, so, so who are you, who are you going to pick first for your, uh, for your, you know, pickup basketball game? You know, is it going to be, you know, Michael Jordan, or is it going to be, you know, the five foot three, 98 pound John, you know, when I was a freshman? I didn't play basketball, right? That's an easy thing. But you know the, the the simple thing isn't always what God is is uh, focused on. He uh, he wants to be our strength, not us. Verse seventeen. Uh, but the Lord plagued Pharaoh and his house with great plagues because of Sarai, Abram's wife. And Pharaoh called Abram and said, "What is this that you have done to me? Why did you tell me that she was? Why did you not tell me that she was your wife? Why did you say she is my sister?" I might have been take. I might have taken her as my wife. Now, therefore, here is your wife. Take her and go your way. So Pharaoh commanded his men concerning him, and they sent him away with his wife and all that he had. So he puts his wife in this condition. It affects Pharaoh. I was listening to Ken, and he he was explaining this very well. God's a little bit creative with his plagues. Sometimes it's tumors. Sometimes it's hemorrhoids. Sometimes it's very uncomfortable. Other things, frogs, flies, whatever it is, whatever God did was a plague to them. Maybe to preserve her sexually, 
speculation, total speculation. It was something to do with him not being able to do it because of whatever God plagued them all with. And they're all like, wait, when did this start? When did it start? It, show, it started that night that you brought Sarai here. Wait a minute. And they figured it out. And he goes and he addresses this. You know, God plagued Pharaoh and his house with uh, with a great plague. And, and we, we, as we just discussed, that God uh, pretty creative, as, as Ken said. Uh, you know. So Pharaoh comes to this realization that uh, the plagues are with Sarah. And, and uh, you know, uh, you know, must have been, uh, you know, a, 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 we don't know how long they were there. Yeah, was it a week? Was it two nights? Was it whatever it was? But uh, we understand that that, that there was it was enough time for him to be given servants and given all these things. And uh, what was that like for them? Abram going, I am such an idiot. What did I just do? Now my wife's in there. I could lose her. But I've got all these sheep and you know donkeys and all these servants and everything. But I know he just wants his wife. And she's going, when am I going to, what's going to happen to me now? You know, just think of the situation that they're in. We don't know how long they were there, but we ultimately see God preserved Sarai. And, uh, you know, the promise wasn't to come through Pharaoh. That promise that we read of all the way back in the first few verses wasn't to come through Pharaoh. It was supposed to come through uh, Abram. And I believe they must have rested on that. Just saying, you know what? I failed. I got to go to the Lord and I got to ask God, can you help us? I'm assuming these things we don't see here, um, but God chose to work through Abram, and he had already made that promise. In verse 20, we see that Pharaoh's command was for him uh, that they wouldn't be touched, and that wouldn't have been questioned or disregarded when Pharaoh spoke. It was as if a god spoke, uh, so they they would not question Pharaoh. And Abram uh, didn't just want to uh, uh, just didn't trust God enough with the truth is what really was happening. You know, he, he got to the point where uh, he was faced with something that he didn't know what to do, and he cowered out of it rather than standing on the promise of God's word and uh, knowing that the Lord was going to provide for him. What's sad in this, and Dave Gusick said this, he said, sadly, a pagan king had to rebuke Abram. A pagan. Now, if there's ever an embarrassment for us, that it would be somebody saying, I thought you were a Christian. I've heard that before, especially in my younger days. I thought you were a Christian. Oh, <laughs> Ouch, that'll cut you to the heart. All Abram had to do was obey God and trust his protection, but he didn't. And you know, God used this like he does our failures uh, to grow Abram's faith, and, and he restored him. Wanted to share a quick quote for you uh, uh, from a book called Genesis, a devotional exposition written by Donald Barnhouse. It says, Faith is not a mushroom that grows overnight in damp soil. It is an oak tree that grows from a thousand years under the blast of the wind and rain. You know, there, there was some failure there. I'll read that again. Faith is not a mushroom that grows overnight in damp soil. It is an oak tree uh, that grows for a thousand years under the blast of the wind and rain. You know, there, there are going to be failure. There are going to be times uh, and it's going to take a while for our faith to increase. It's not just going to, whoa, hey, there's a mushroom there, and and, and this is going to be great. <clears throat> so uh, in closing, you know, the Lord may call us. It might get, get out of your, you know, he was told to get out of your country, you know, whatever, whatever God is calling us. And it might 
we may not have this type of, you know, where God speaks directly to us, get out of, but as God calls us to move forward with anything, may we be obedient to his word, that we'd go by faith, understanding that he's going to lead us. You know, we may not know where we're going, where he's taking us, but if he says, I just want you to follow me, just do it. That's what we, excuse me, we didn't do as Christians. We need to follow him by faith. You know, he's going to bless us and as we follow him. And not only that, but then he's, he's, he's going to bless us and he's going to bless, as he told Abram, I'm, in, in you, I'm going to bless all the families of the earth. I mean, that's, that's significant. You know, we don't know what he's going to do. We don't know how he's going to bless us, how he's going to use us. Might be in an airport in another country. I don't know what it is, but God can use us just like he used Abram as a, as a willing servant. Just to understand that, you know, his faith was tested. And uh, and what we see here is uh, understanding that when our faith is tested, uh, it's usually uh, for three things. To prove our faith is real, to help us grow, and to bring glory to the Lord. Those three things. And in, in study, I, I saw somebody reference that from James 1 and 1 Peter 1. Understanding we there are going to be times that, you know, God has made the call sure and that we should be following him in everything. There may be times of, of great victory in our lives, and, and and hopefully those times of failure grow fewer and fewer as we grow older and we grow in our faith and we get more mature and that those things are get just just it kind of this type of effect. And that what people see is God coming out of our lives and the blessings coming out of our lives rather than our failures. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we're so blessed to know that as imperfect people, you love us that you uh, want to build and strengthen us. Not only do you want to bless us, but you want to use us to bless others. Help us, Lord, to follow you, to be faithful servants, to shine as lights, to be salt. Lord, that we would be uh, good leaders to our family, husbands or wives, friends, co-workers, whatever it is, that we would lead them and show them your ways. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.